Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Phipps. Welcome to Shifting Ears, the internal podcast that we're starting here at Valley Metro. Talking about all things transit, transportation, and everything you need to know about the agency, behind the scenes, and some upfront stuff you may not know about. Today is a very exciting day because we are sitting down with Scott Smith. He is the former mayor of Mesa and our leader for the past several years. And now we're going to get to learn a little more about him on a personal level and what's upcoming for the agency. So let's dig in. If anyone knows me, they know that I love sports. Let's kick it off with an easy question for Scott. What is your favorite Arizona sports team to cheer for? Oh, well, historically, my favorite team has been sort of divided between Sun Devil football and the Suns. I've been going to ASU football games, believe it or not. This would have been my 53rd season. I was sitting in almost the same exact seats for that long. And I was a Suns season ticket holder for over 25 years. I got to see the best of the best through the Barkley era and the Nash era. And I gave that up. So I'm sort of trimming down on my sports, but I've always been big Suns and big ASU football fan. So moving into a little bit of a different arena, what is your favorite restaurant in Arizona? Right now, I would have to say that if you gave me a chance and said you only can go to one restaurant, it would probably be the Blue Adobe Grill. It's a New Mexican-style Mexican restaurant in Mesa, and just really enjoy it. I've never been there, so I definitely have to add that to my list. (laughs) You need to, and it's right off the light rail line, just north of Main Street on Country Club. So leading into our next question, where's your favorite place to travel? I have so many favorite places to travel. I've been to the California coast. My wife's from Northern California, and driving up there is just amazing. The Pacific Northwest, love going to England. Sometimes my favorite is just to jump in the car and go up to the White Mountains here in Arizona. You can hardly beat that. I was up there over the weekend and the rain came through the monsoon. Those smells when the temperature drops about 15, 20 degrees and it gets a little chilly in August and you can smell that pine. uh, That's about my favorite place to be. I know we're all envious of the cooler weather right now, but thankfully it seems like we're getting a little bit of a break. So I hope that that lasts. Um, So we'd be remiss if we didn't ask about public transit. When you're on the bus or the light rail, how do you like to pass the time? I always put my earphones in, turn on the noise canceling, and I'll listen to either some recording, some audio book or music. And I usually uh, catch up on my emails or I read. Those are the most relaxing things I can do when I'm on public transportation. It just really puts me in a different world. And I just have to be careful that I don't sit there and go past my stop. An important thing for all of us to remember as we're riding public transit. Now, Scott, this next question. There's only one right answer, so I need you to get it right. What was the best part of being the mayor of Mesa? The best part of being a mayor of Mesa? How is there only one right answer? Because there's so many great parts, but being part of uh, putting the light rail through downtown Mesa was amazing. But you have to remember that we were planning the Central Mesa extension. We're also building a new facility for the Cubs and uh, bringing colleges to downtown. And all of those sort of revolved around just a, a rebirth of that part of town that was combined into making something pretty exciting. And it's, it's carried over. A, and that, that's the fun part is after the fact to go and see how something like light rail extending through downtown has changed downtown and how the change isn't over. It's actually just begun. We're seeing some exciting things. ASU downtown is under construction. You have new housing units. You have some 
pretty exciting development going on. Almost $500 million in new development that has happened only since light rail came through. And that's probably the most satisfying, if not exciting thing from my days as mayor. That was the right answer, ding, ding, Scott. Ding. You nailed it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to shift a little bit into some more agency questions and thinking about where we are and where we're headed. So for you, what has been the biggest challenge serving as the CEO of Valley Metro during the COVID-19 pandemic? I think the hardest thing is uncertainty. You know, you find it that leaders and, uh, and business and government, everything, we can adapt to things as they come up. But the one thing that's really hard to adapt to is, is uncertainty and things that keep changing rapidly. We have an amazing group of men and women who work in our operations who, from day one, showed up, uh, worked hard to keep service uh, on about as even keel as possible, and at great personal risk in many cases, because we didn't know what this virus would do. And people still showed up for work. And I'm, I, I will all forever be amazed and grateful to them for doing that. But then we didn't know how long it would last. We still don't know that. We didn't know really the impact on ridership and on our ability to provide ridership. And it's, it's just a day-to-day challenge because we've been very fortunate that our workforce has not had a widespread infection. Those who have been infected have recovered, and thank heavens for that. I always keep asking, what, what will this do to transit? And I, I think anyone in our industry has to say, we don't quite know. We just really don't know, and we're going to have to wait and see how things play out. And that is a challenge to do that. Yeah. And you nailed it, Scott. We don't know when this is going to be over. I mean, we could be at the midway point and it's still unclear. What that means is that we have to be diligent. We have to make sure we understand the, the science as it exists. And then we have to understand that people will soon make decisions based on what they believe in their life is right. And overall, as a community, we'll figure out a way to deal with this because at some point in time, we have to return to a normalcy, however that's defined. And speaking of our new normal, we've had a lot of our 101 employees and those from other locations that can work from home, working from home. As a public information specialist, I've been going into the office a couple days a week since June, and we had kind of thought there was going to be this rollout of people coming back to the office. Do we know where we're at in that stage, or is this continuing as we just see how things go? Well, I I would say that we do know this. We do know that we're not expecting to return to normal until probably um, the end of September, 1st of October at the earliest. Now, that doesn't mean people aren't going into the office. What we've done is we've we've left it up to people. We just say, listen, be careful. Let's not everyone go in at one time because of the uncertainty. But our office is cleaned. It's cleaned consistently. I I believe it's probably safer than, than my home is from a cleanliness standpoint. And we, we've now gotten used to the WebEx world, so to speak, where we can actually conduct business. But we've also recognized that the human interaction is an incredibly important part of our health, physical and mental, I believe. And we need to be able to interact with our coworkers and our friends. We're going to encourage that as safe as we can. But I think recognizing that schools still haven't gone back in for the most part, we have a lot of parents who are dealing with kids that are at home learning and things like that and trying to accommodate them as much as we can. We've made it very, very flexible that if people want to be able to come in, as you do, we we, can come in two days a week, three days a week, one day a week. But for those who can't or don't feel comfortable, then I think we've been able to get the job done by teleworking. And we're going to continue to do that. And I, I think that'll be the same. That won't, that won't change uh, until probably the 1st of October. 
You mentioned a little bit earlier how people often ask you how transit is going to look in the future. And I know that you work with and are in conversation with some of the leaders from our peer agencies. Are there any peer transit agencies that you've looked at as examples of how well they've handled the pandemic or they're using strategies that we've then adopted here at Valley Metro? Well, the answer is yes and yes. The fact is that is the industry, we talk quite a bit. Uh, we listen to each other. And I think at Valley Metro, we have done about as good a job as anyone in the country in dealing with the impacts of COVID. A lot of things we've done have been based on conversations that we've had with other members through organizations such as APTA. People telling us what they're doing and there's good ideas that uh, we, we can apply to, to Metro Phoenix, we'll do it. So we, we listen a lot. We have tried to take the good ideas and incorporate them. And then we've done some things on our own because that are very unique to us. One of the interesting things about this crisis is that from a ridership standpoint, we have not been impacted near as much as other agencies have. You have a lot of big agencies, BART, San Francisco, for example, their ridership was down over 90%. Other cities are 80, 85%. Even at the peak, we were down a little over 50% on our ridership. And I don't think we've ever dipped much below that. So our response has been commensurate with the kind of response that the, the public has had in writing. One of the reasons our ridership is, is not down is because we have maintained as consistent level of service as possible. We've cut some hours early morning, late night. But other than that, the, the service is, is virtually the same. So I think that's one reason for our success. And that's one thing we've done a little different than many other agencies have is that we have been able to maintain that consistently high level of service, which has allowed people to use our service while maintaining social distancing and, and other safe practices. You've obviously had a lot of forethought in transportation in the Valley for so long since you've instituted it in Mesa. What do you see in the next five years and then in the next 20 years for Valley Metro as an agency and transportation in the Valley? Well, the next five years are going to be pretty exciting because we at Valley Metro have a couple of very big projects that will change the nature of our light rail system. With the South Central Extension and Downtown Hub and the Northwest Phase 2 Extension, we're going to transition from a single line to a two-line light rail, north-south, east-west, meeting right there in Downtown Phoenix and the Downtown Hub. And that's exciting because that's going to change the nature of our light rail system and have a huge impact on how people use light rail and see light rail. And that'll all happen within the next five years. So we'll be up and running and Tempe Streetcar will be going. And you're going to see exciting things with the rail system. On the other part of transit, I think this COVID is going to have a, a huge impact in defining what we will be, how soon people come back, uh, will people continue to move here? And that's going to be determined in a lot, large scale to what happens with Prop 400 extension. Uh, most of our transit services are paid for by a regional tax, half-cent sales tax we call Prop 400. It was passed in 2004 and started in 2005, and it was 20-year tax. It will expire in 2025. If that tax is extended, we'll continue to have financial resources to continue on with many of the programs we have, especially on the bus side. If that tax does not pass and it expires, we'll have to go back to the drawing board as a region and figure out how we're going to fund some basic transit operations that we uh, take for granted now. And that's just to get us to what I think is a starting point of, of what's pretty exciting, and that is what is the impact of autonomous vehicles? What will be the impact of continued ride share and other alternative means of transportation? We know transportation is going to change over the next 20 years. We know the technology is already here. The question is, how will we incorporate it? We at Valley Metro are trying to be on the forefront 
to be leaders in this area as opposed to simply followers. So we're doing a lot of work with Waymo and with others on autonomous vehicles. We're looking at different alternatives in microtransit and other things that allow us to provide transportation in an efficient, effective manner, taking advantage of all the technology that's there and uh, recognizing that the transportation you see 20 years from now probably won't look a whole lot like the transportation today, with the exception, I believe, of high capacity. Express buses, rail, those things will continue to get more important as we bring more people into the center of the city. You know, me, I'm on the twilight of my career. I'm on the home stretch. But for you who are starting your careers in transportation, what an amazing time to be in transportation. There's never been as disruptive of a force literally since the automobile was invented around the turn of the 19th, 20th century. And it's amazing, the disruption, which brings exciting opportunities. And so I uh, have a little bit of envy for you because you're going to get to enjoy that. We certainly hope so. And before we go, we have to ask, are you a podcast fan? Which ones do you like? And what do you think of the Shifting Ears podcast so far now that we've dropped three episodes as we're recording this? Well, Adam Carolla has an amazing podcast that I love. It's always funny and insightful. But Malcolm Gladwell has a very interesting podcast about going into history and really looking at historical things that from a different angle. And I'm a history buff. And so I really enjoy that podcast. But neither one of those podcasts can hold a candle to the Shifting Gears podcast. Well, that's very kind of you. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks to everybody. Uh, I can't tell you how much I'm just every day, uh, once again, reminded what an incredible staff we have by the things that are going on out there. And I just thank everybody. Well, we really enjoyed our conversation with Scott, and we learned a lot about him and where he thinks our agency is headed in the future. If you have more questions for Scott, or if you have any questions about the agency or a new guest you want to hear from, just hit us up at podcast at valleymetro.org. For Valley Metro, I'm Madeline. I'm Brittany. Thanks for riding with us. Meet you at the next stop.